How's that? Well, I don't, I, we can't see any thumbs up from the online people. Is that better for online? Okay. That, that's our online group there. So anyway, this is going to be awkward for me because I have not held anything to, to speak, but that's okay. And I also have, I've got a new podium and I've got it backwards. So I'm going to have to get used to that. I got a little bit more room to spread out. I'm very excited about it. something else. I'm very excited about this week. Uh, we had two uh, new births. Uh, folks who, who belong to the church. Uh, Holland Woods was born last Sunday, just this last Sunday, Sunday afternoon. I had a call from uh, Dad Ryan and Mama Megan Woods. Uh, had a call from Ryan to just tell me of their experience. There were some difficulties uh, that they faced. And, uh, oh, good grief. Yeah. Sorry. I thought she was repairing the microphone. It was just my communion. Anyway, but, but uh, I, I will tell you that, that uh, Ryan gave me a call and just kind of laid out some experiences. Hopefully, they'll come and, and share their experiences. But I just say it was encouraging because Ryan said there were some difficulties in that, as I said. And Ryan, in the midst of that, was not alone. He said, man, I, I turned to prayer. And, and there's a lot of folks who don't have that. But Ryan was just so thankful that, that he was able to go before God and he answered prayers and mama and, and baby are both home now and, and Holland is doing really well, so is Megan. Uh, Harper K. Johnson was born Friday and uh, Matthew was here and out to get back over to the hospital. Uh, I believe they're going to, hopefully they'll be dismissed today, uh, but, but little Harper K. Johnson is, 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 has arrived. Yay! And two ladies probably thankful that they're not carrying such a load. But, but things, things change, right? It's a different way of carrying and taking care of. So, hey, ladies, if you're listening, we love you both. And we're praying for uh, the Woods and the Johnson family uh, and their new bundles of joy. Uh, we, the the uh, title we have for our um, sermon series is Armor Up. And if you haven't been with us, it's over Ephesians chapter 6. And speaking about the uh, armor of God. Now, clearly, the first sermon, the, the whole purpose behind the armor of God is, is he, he made it very clear that, that we belonging to Jesus now have an enemy. The principalities, the powers, the, the spiritual forces of this dark world are against us. And so it's good to know that he, God has provided an armor for us to wear, to protect us. Uh, last week, we dealt with uh, specifically the belt of truth, which is a great place. We talked about how that is a great place to begin. Foundationally, that belt of truth is a part of every other piece of that armor that, that is going to be worn or even used. Uh, it, it's very much of a part of the armor we're talking about today. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it speaks about have that belt of truth buckled around your waist and uh, also uh, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Now, I, I probably don't need to go into a lot of explanation what the breastplate of righteousness looks like. From shoulders down to waist, it covered this important area, uh, the important organs like your heart, your lungs, uh, this area, uh, it, it needs to be protected, right? And, and when we talk about protection, uh, Paul makes it clear in the book that, that Satan is an enemy. 
Uh, later on, uh, matter of fact, a couple of weeks, Michael Berg is going to have the opportunity to, to, to preach, and he's going to be talking about how Satan, uh, what the shield of faith, uh, it, it protects against the flaming darts of the air uh, of, of Satan, of the evil one. And, and also, uh, let's see, I'm all, dis I'm going to have to stick this with it, so thank you. I already took this out. I've, so I've, um, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. <laughs> The man jumps, I should have known you'd be to the rescue. Uh, also, uh, in, in, in chapter 4, we're going to read it today, but the, the, it, it mentions how Satan is looking for a place to, to get a toehold or, or to break in and, and to uh, be disruptive in our lives. So he is attacking. So the armor we're talking about is for protection, and, and specifically we're looking at that breastplate of righteousness. So what does that mean? What, what is that describing? And I, I think from the get-go, we need to know and understand that the righteousness that we've been given is a righteousness that we, that we wear. We are wearing, we are to wear the righteousness of God. Do you feel worthy? <laughs> to don, that, to don his, his armor is a privilege. It is absolutely a privilege because uh, prior to Jesus, it was a life of unrighteousness. And, and then through uh, his righteousness, he saved us. And now we have the privilege of wearing that armor, that breastplate of righteousness. Um, and I, I want to remind you where we were last week. We're going to go back there again this time because I, I think it will lay out for us what it means, what it looks like to wear this righteousness. Uh, last week we talked about that transformation that takes place. Uh, the putting off of the old self and the putting on of the new self. And that work is done through Jesus. The putting off of the old self, which is all uh, wrapped up in deception and, and, and deceitfulness of the, of the evil one, that's who we were prior to Jesus. We came to know the truth and, and then able to put off the old self and to put on the new self, which the scripture says re represents the righteousness and holiness of God. That was verse 24 of chapter 4. Keep that in mind. And how important is that? Because without Jesus, you have no armor. Keep that in mind. Without Jesus, there is no armor. You could pretend and you could act righteous and you could do all kinds of things, which, you know, we know some people in the Bible who acted righteous. We'll call it a self-righteous. And it was, you know, they were even against Jesus. But we need to remember, and an important point throughout all this is there is no armor, there is no uh, protection, there is no devices like a sword or shield uh, where uh, when we don't have Jesus, when we haven't received him as our Savior, and we haven't gone through that transformation, the old self is a way we're taking on the new self that's be, being renewed in our minds and created in God's righteousness and holiness. All right, this morning, what, what does it look like in wearing God's righteousness? Uh, and, and we're going to see that in, in Ephesians chapter 4, 25 through 32. 25 through 32. If you want to open your Bibles there, or I think it will be up here uh, behind me. Uh, this actually continues on from where we were last week. And, and again, Paul has just talked about the old, old self putting it away and putting it on the new self. So it's going to be a reference. This is what it used to look like. This is what it now looks like. And where he says what it now looks like, it resembles that righteousness that we carry about us. 
So as we step through this, uh, we're going to look at each of those things. First of all, let's read through it. You see if you can notice those things, and then we're going to go step by step. Verse, verse 25, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. There's, there's a serious tie between where we were last week and where we're going this week. What does it say? Speaking truthfully to our neighbor. And so, so, I mean, that's the belt of truth combined with that, that breastplate of righteousness. It's going to represent us speaking truthfully. Then verse 27. Excuse me, 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate uh, to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Now again, here, here is Paul's list. Uh, man, my head was swimming for all that we could talk about, about what, what's represented in this, this breast, breastplate of righteousness. Because there's a lot. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to turn to Paul and let him begin to list. And these are important. But I, I will let you know what we're going to go through is not an exhaustive list. We could go on and on and on talking about what this represents. Because this is, you know, our life that used to be. And now it's our life that now is. And it involves every single area of our lives. So look at this. Look at this. Let's go through what Paul says. First of all, he says, you know, he talks about anger. And wearing God's righteousness is managing our anger. Now, I used to do the, the outlines. We got outlines now. We, we're not doing the, the, you know, the lines where uh, a lot of, lot of folks like to come in and they try to guess. Well, what's he going to do? And so they write it in, right? I know what you're doing. But anyway, I would love to see some responses if you had those two blanks. You know, wearing God's righteousness is blank, blank error. You know, I, in, in some ways, I wonder if some of you might come with a conclusion, wearing God's righteousness is never having anger. Because what? Anger is sinful, right? Matter of fact, there's a verse in Scripture that makes us think of, well, yeah, that, that human anger doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. Out of James, chapter 1. But, but even here at the end of, of chapter 4, it says, get rid of all rage and anger. So, hey, anger is something that you need to get rid of. You should never be, ever be angry. How many have been anger, angry uh, here in 2020? Anytime, yeah, oh, 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 oh. The truth is, yeah, well, it is an emotion, right? I mean, what are emotions? You know, there's happiness, there's sadness, there's melancholy, and, and there's definitely anger. There's, there's, there's anger that, that, uh, that we face. And matter of fact, Paul in this passage acknowledges that you're going to be angry. Uh, look, look again at verse 26. It says, in your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say, hey, do not 
do not be angry for that sin. It says, in your anger, do not sin. So, so very clearly, Paul says that, that you're going to be angry, but just don't sin in that anger. Anger must be under control, which, matter of fact, goes really well hand in hand with the fact that he's given you his spirit. And in that spirit, there, there's something supplied called self-control. Self-control. Something that we need to, to apply and begin to learn. If we, if we have a problem with anger, hey, matter of fact, that, that actually tells us what, what should we do with this anger. Uh, the last part of that verse actually says, hey, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't, don't, I mean, that, that basically says, man, if you've gotten angry in the day, deal with it. Take care of it. So just, just quick, how do we deal with our anger? Well, you need to identify why you're angry. For instance, Linda and I are driving through the town, and I'm acting like Ronnie, and I get frustrated because the person ahead of me so dares to go five miles under the speed limit. Don't they know I have some place to go? What are they doing? And Linda corrects me. She says, hey, you need to calm down. What, what, what are you so tense about? And, and so uh, what we need to do is identify why am I angry? Well, perhaps maybe the reason that you're running late is not the woman who's going or the, whoever the person. I'm sorry. I didn't identify that. <laughs> some, some people are angry right now, and I ask your forgiveness. <laughs> the person ahead of me is going five miles slower uh, in the speed limit, and, and I'm getting angry. Well, is it because I'm late? And, and maybe the, perhaps the reason is late is you, maybe you should have figured that, hey, there's going to be some things that cause you to be a little slower, so give you some extra time. Uh, honest, honestly, if you are angry, you need to identify exactly what it is. Is it a lack of patience? Is, is there something else going on? Maybe, maybe I've, I've spent the day doing video games all day and now I, I didn't get anything done and therefore my wife is saying, well, hey, why didn't you get it done? So I become angry and begin to rationalize. Maybe I need to identify that there's some sinfulness working in me. Maybe that anger is, is some way that we could identify there's, there's something wrong here. And that, that maybe one of the ways I need to deal with my anger is to ask God's forgiveness for my sinfulness. Another way of identity, maybe, maybe our anger is justified. Maybe there is some injustice that's happening. Maybe in a neighborhood or even between a neighbor or something, maybe there's some injustice that, that you, as you're thinking about and identifying, you say, no, this really needs to be dealt with. And, and you think it through and you deal with the issue. You don't take it in. I, I don't believe that's what they're saying. But, but what Paul over, overall is saying is be in control of that anger. I, I do believe in any emotion has its opportunity to, even in this, when, when anger is being dealt with this breastplate of righteousness, it is going to be a benefit. Either identifying your own sinfulness that needs to be dealt with or dealing with an injustice that needs to be corrected. Where I think you need you know, prayer and other things to, to help you move forward. The importance is the right choice, right? The, the, the importance is to deal with the anger correctly. You know, if, if it is something that is self-centered, if it is something uh, that's revealing a sin in your life, then, then you need to uh, uh, be careful because here's where it says that if you allow uh, that, that anger to be out of control, then it gives the devil a foothold. It gives a devil a place to work in and to affect the righteousness you ought to be living. But it, it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be repented from and, and removed. 
and removed so you don't give the devil a foothold. Also, if, man, if, to identify it correctly, righteousness can have that opportunity to lead to correction. You know, maybe Jesus is a good example here. When, when he entered into the temple courts, remember this, he drove out the money changers. And it, there looks like a little anger there. Are you familiar with the story? It didn't say, well, he drove them out, and so you can imagine Jesus being nice about it. But then it says he turned tables. He, turned, he flipped tables over. And, and so there was a display of his anger. And because this is Jesus, i got to flat out say it is, it is a righteous kind of anger. And he, and he, and he, he, he you know, brings out the message by saying, hey, this is to be a house of prayer, and you made it into a den of robbers. Could you imagine the very place that God wanted people come to communicate with him and, and to, to, to bring and, and, and to connect with him, they are making it into a marketplace and probably even taking advantage of those who are coming. And so Jesus was angry. Jesus was angry. And, and he didn't just display his anger, but he spoke his anger. And it was a truth that I believe they knew that it was wrong. Second, Wearing God's righteousness is also finding a greater purpose for our work. Now, in this, uh, the, the verse says, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. So, so every, everyone that, that has come out, of, you know, has put away the old self, uh, maybe one of those, those things, part of our old self is that habit of stealing. You know, you think, well, a thief. But, I, I, you know, what came to mind to me is, is those who might even have a legitimate job but trying to take advantage everywhere they can. You know those folks? I mean, I was a young guy, worked at Dillon's, and, and there's a difference in how we worked uh, when, when the boss was there and when the boss was gone. There's a lot of fun things to do at the store when the boss was gone. And it was things that we shouldn't have been doing. I, I, I remember Seinfeld. How many familiar with the, the show Seinfeld? Uh, George Costanza is one of the characters, a lazy guy. And he worked for the, man, had a great job, worked for the Yankees, just to work for a ball, ball team, you know. But the guy just stole time from the company. He hired a carpenter to come in and refabricate his desk so that in order for him to take naps under his desk. So he could, he could be in his office and he could slide down his chair and then just get the pillow out and the blanket, had a cup holder there and everything. You know, but there is a different attitude. You know, the, the attitude that we have when we put on the breastplate of his righteousness, there's a different attitude, no matter what our job is, to look at our work. And instead of seeing our work as useless, it, it's to see our work as being useful. Look, look for the usefulness. And matter of fact, he even lays out one of the reasons for usefulness. Uh, and the last part of verse 28 says, that they may have something to share with those in need. See, my work doesn't become just about you know, bringing my paycheck home and taking care of all my bills and my needs and all my wants. All of a sudden, it's, it's uh, to take care of those things that, that I have responsibility for, but also that I might be able to be a benefit to somebody else who might be in need. I think that's all over this righteousness. You see, this righteousness, or, or what we used to carry around was all focused here. It's about me. It's about what I'm getting, what I'm earning, I'm a, and, and it's all for me. But this righteousness has this outward look, and we'll, we'll see more of this as we go on. It, it is the word generous, learning to be 
generous with what God has given us. Amen? To, to learn that it's not mine, 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 but it's, I'm able to do so much more. Third, I want to move on just because we have four points this morning. Uh, third, wearing God's righteousness uh, is also having speech that benefits others. The, the way we speak to each other. Again, verse 25 says that we speak truthfully to our neighbor. And I, I do believe that, that, that the way it's in the, in the, within the context is speaking truthfully has something to do about speaking about uh, the truth of, of what God has done for us through Jesus. Truthfully about our sinfulness, our brokenness, and what Jesus, is, why he came into this world. Speaking about the gospel message with others. But in verse 29, it comes as, do not, uh, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Again, it's going to back, hey, this is the way things used to be before you knew Jesus, before you put the old, the old self away. There was unwholesome talk that came out of you. Well, what, what's it talking about? Actually, that word, that word could be translated rotten as in fruit, rotten fruit or decaying like a, a, a decaying tree or, or, or some, some kind of a plant that's decaying or, or spoiled fish. Have you ever had spoiled fish or some, something spoiled on your plate and you knew it because of the taste? I, I actually ate spoiled fish one time and yeah, the rest of the night regretted it. Yeah, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't productive like meals should be. It, was, it, shouldn't, it wasn't constructive like meals should be. It was very disruptive and actually destructive. You see... Our speech should not be the kind of speech that's destructive. And, and when, I, when I say that, I mean it's not just the spoken word, but today it's what's typed out on social media. You know, right? It's what's typed out on social media. It, when, when we have the breastplate of righteousness on, it needs to be the kind of speech that is building, that is encouraging, that even has instruction for good purposes. I believe it also comes to the place where, where uh, we say the, the good kind of speech is even when we have to confront someone and, and uh, w w what do we say, either, either correct or rebuke. Now, Scripture says that needs to be done with love. If, if there's no love, you better keep your mouth closed. If you really care and, and love someone, then, then you come to correct someone. It's got to be done with a, with a sense of loving and caring for that brother or sister in Christ. Okay? I believe that's the kind of speech that is acceptable for God. And it ought to be a part of this, this breastplate of righteousness. The, the following, what's interesting, the following verse is verse uh, 36. Excuse me, verse 30. It says, right then afterwards, and it somehow it seems disconnected. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God uh, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All, all of a sudden, this comes out of the blue. We're talking about, oh, hey, be careful of your speech. Oh, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I, I do believe this is easily taken out of context. So, I mean, a verse thrown and, and put in mix, amongst, amongst something else, you know, another direction. This has to be seen in its context. It just spoke about do not speak uh, destructive words to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not speak cruelty. Do not speak 
things that are wrong or, or contrary to what God desires you to be speaking. Because I believe that's what grieves the Holy Spirit. His presence in you is all about doing what? Is being productive and, and, and growing, even if it has to come in that correction. We, we need to be careful with our words because the Spirit within, let the Spirit guide us through His Word to know that it has to come from His love. And it has to be beneficial overall to the building and encouragement of the church. And if we go back to verse 25, and the spreading of God's message. Oh man, the power of our words. And then we think about the Holy Spirit within and what we speak we don't want to be a people who are offensive or who, who are, um, as it says, grieving the Holy Spirit. Finally, wearing God's righteousness, righteousness is living God's compassion and kindness towards others. In verses uh, uh, 31, 32, uh, first of all, goes back again. It goes back to the life that you, that you put away. If you're in Jesus, that life you put away. I mean, here's, here's all the things that was part of that. Uh, uh, let me see. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. That's what the, the, was part of your life prior to Jesus. Now, your life in Jesus, verse 32, says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave gave you. Compassionate and, and caring. Uh, is it that idea of being polite and and nice to one another? And and maybe that's part of the context, but I believe it has so much more. If we're talking about the compassion and kindness of God, what does that mean to us today? Because God's compassion, God's uh, kindness did so much more than just be polite to us. Isn't that right? You see, God's compassion... God's kindness went into action, and, and he sent his son to die for us. So when we talk about, hey, carry about within us a compassion and a kindness, it calls us to do so much more than be nice to people and gentle to people. It means that we actually look for ways of, of, of you know, loving people with some action, some activity. Uh, let's go back to what we've just seen. Let's see. In, in one verse, it says our work in order for us, you know, I mean, that, that one of the productive things about our work is so that we might be able to help others in need. In our speech, what is it? In order for us to be able to build up and encourage others. Are you seeing what this belt of righteousness or this breastplate of righteousness looks like? It, it's not just about conduct that, that show, reveals us to be, oh, righteous people. It really has more of this idea of an activity of, of moving out, of, of living in this world, of loving people who are around us and, and doing so with action. That, that breastplate of righteousness, keep that in mind. Now listen, God's kindness, God's compassion came out in forgiveness for you and I. It is so evident. Uh, in that verse. And also, uh, we see it in, in verse 2, what we're called to. 1 and 2 of verse chapter 5. I'm going to go on and read those because it's well connected with this commandment. 
follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us uh, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Whew. Is that not the putting off of the old self and putting on the new self? Putting off the old self. I mean, how, how loving were we prior to until we learned the love of Christ? We're, we're, we, I mean, we can love family and things like that, but how loving were we able to be until we understood what Jesus did for us, that the forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ. We are now given an opportunity to love more than we could have ever done without Jesus. Number one, because God has loved us incredibly. He's taught us how to love. He's forgiven people who don't deserve, deserve forgiveness, which really just identify his love. We are to wear the righteousness of God. Now, so far, Paul lists these things, and, and, and they seem random. I mean, let's deal with anger. Let's, let's focus on your work and speech. Those are three areas that, that I believe all of us are affected by when Paul is talking about them. But the, the, if you go into chapter 5, you're going to hear more about it. How about purity? This, this breastplate of righteousness isn't full of lust and, and, and idolatry or idolatry. Uh, it, it is a focus upon purity. That actually, goes, as Jesus would say, man, it is up here, even thinking it. Learning to, to have a pure mind. And, 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 and being able to, to know that that's part of this breastplate of righteousness. It also goes into details about our relationships. Our, our, our marriage relationships, our relationships with our children, our relationships with our employers. It, it talks about that, that that breastplate of righteousness is represented in, in how we relate to others. So read chapter 5 up to, to where we get to this armor of God. Up, uh, I believe it's um, verse 19. Oh, no, verse 9. Uh, read through there, and you'll continue to hear that idea of what we've become as we put on this breastplate of righteousness. There was a quote that uh, uh, I, I read this week, and I, I could not find the author of it, but I thought it was a good thought to leave with you. And it said this, God never alters the robe of righteousness to fit the man, but the man to fit the robe. And that, let me read it again. God never alters the robe of righteousness to fit the man, but the man to fit the robe. This breastplate of righteousness that we put on, it, it's not one fitted just for you. It, it, it's one that we are to be fitted into. That, that means we are continuing to change and become to, to uh, be able to live and represent that good righteousness and holiness of God. Amen? We are transformed to fit into his likeness. And, and man, we continue to pray. We continue to move in order to represent our God well. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for this day. We praise you. Father, for Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you so much for the church and for us being able to gather together or even uh, to, to gather online uh, to be able to, to just worship you as we've done this morning and be able to look at your word and to be challenged by what your word says and, and the direction that, Lord, we need to be taking.
in our lives to, to be pleasing before you. Lord, you've done all for us. You've sent us Jesus. You've given us a righteousness we don't deserve. You've given us a, a, a love that, Lord, we could have never had for those in this world. But, Father, we pray that we continue to, to be fitted into your righteousness, that we continue to, to take on that holiness and, and to continue to move forward in order for us to represent you well in this world. God, we praise you and thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.